Welcome to Trial by Wine. We take a closer look at crimes that highlight how fascinating humans can be. Schmitty, Swanee and Clarky visit crimes and run them through their jury of three, debating both sides of the case to agree an appropriate, if totally fictitious, sentence. Please be advised, Trial by Wine may include explicit or disturbing content and will include drunken rambling. Listener discretion is advised. All right. <laughs> Hi. Hello. Hi. How are we? Oh, I think we're a little bit down because uh, we're doing a back-to-back off the back of the story oh, no. of Ed Kemper. I was just necking my last can, so I had no words whilst I was drinking. But oh, right. Now. I thought you had to go and have a little baby vom because of how disgusting oh, the last case was. Oh, tell you what, was. I had to wash it down. <laughs> Gross. Like a, <laughs> like a cup of cold sick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which Gross. actually would go down better than that story. Better, yeah. Yeah, correct. Yeah. All right. Wow. So um, because Very we are doing back-to-back, I think we can safely assume that we just all went and had a wee and Clarky had something to drink uh, to eat. And Quick snack. So who are we? I'm Schmitty. I'm Swanee. And I'm Clarky. And together we are... Trial, Trial by Wine. <laughs> And what nice are we one. drinking? I'm tintoing again. Again, um, cool. I didn't. I did say we call it tinto. It's actually called tinto de verano, and it's like something of summer. I think it means it's from Spain. Piss of summer. <laughs> <laughs> How very <laughs> dare you! <laughs> I find you impertinent. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <sighs> Anyway, what are you drinking, Swanee? Summer red wine is what it means. There you go. No, you're around piss the air. I don't know. Just yeah. another. I've got a little Coke, no sugar. Okay. What happened to those ginger beers I, I bought? You? I've got. I've had some of those. Yeah. Like, I'll get one of the margarita ones. Yes. Yeah, go on. Can I'll, you... I'll go get one. Do you want me to do it now? Yeah. Yes. No, yes. I need you to do it now. Go, go, go. Like go. 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 The clock starts go. now. Quick. Stop looking at us. What are your legs? Springs. Steel springs. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Hell you down the track. How fast are you going to run? Fast as a leopard. How fast as a leopard? Really fast? How fast can you run? As fast as a leopard. How fast are you going to run? As fast as a leopard. Well, let's see you do it. Look at that. I'm amazed that you even remember the lines. I know. I'm also impressed that you knew that I was singing Chariots of Fire. I present... Jose Cuevero, mm-hmm. sparkling Cuevero, margarita. Delicious. Okay, so sugar. you've anyway. got a, marg- a sugar drink, a margarita. <laughs> a sparkling yes. margarita. Mm. And do you still think it's as delicious as the last time you had it? Possibly not, but it's not too bad. It's much better than that other thing. Okay. That, well, we won't just, mention that again. We won't mention the other thing. No, it's oh, maybe it's maybe it was cold. that that was making you feel sick, not the Ed Kemper stuff. Possibly. It maybe was the story itself was delightful, <laughs> but the drink was so bad that it brought the mood down. Oh, there is nothing delightful about that story. I mean, I don't really, I, I don't really buy heavily into the idea of putting a margarita in a can because I think most of what I love like about a margarita is the salt around the top. Mm. So it's a poor. Substitute, yes, but anyway, it's any port of me, yeah, absolutely. Okay, oh, I'm back on the chutneys, yeah. I'm I'm having my second chutney, having determined that I don't have to drive anywhere. I feel like I could be calling it sort of trial by well, what are yours, cruises? What do we call these drinks called? Alco pops, no. Premix, it's trial by premix. It doesn't yeah. have quite the same yeah. thing. It is today, it? actually. You're quite right. It is trial by premix. It's like we've really it's lowered summer. the tone. Yeah. It's really lowered the tone. Trial by. <laughs> trial, by <laughs> trial by cans, Dale. Yeah, trial by cans. <laughs> well, Mine's in a bottle. Uh, if, you, if you were thinking, oh, wine, sophisticated, uh, don't. <laughs> yeah. don't. Not, not for call. episode 65. <laughs> All right. So, Clucky. Do you have a story for us? Oh, you wouldn't believe it. I actually do. Excellent. That's a relief. Um, So this one, remember we did Scott Peterson the other week and I told you that I came across that story because of this story that said not to be confused with Scott (laughs) Peterson. Yeah. So this one is about Drew Peterson who there's no relation but there's some horrible similarities. So my sources are Wikipedia, of course. Thank you, Wiki. All that's interesting, goodness me, they are very, very kind to us. Thank you, lovely people there. And the Charlie Project, which is quite random. 
But I don't know what that is. Never heard of it. There you go. So let's talk a little bit about Drew. So he was born on January the 5th, 1954. Mm. Uh, he graduated from Willowbrook High School in 1972 and joined the me- the military. I was about to say the media. Where was he born? Oh, in the US? So, or here? Yeah, 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 in the US. I thought um, you were going to say he joined the Me Too movement, but anyway. Oh, God, don't. <laughs> Though, I reckon he and Scott Peterson could have a Me Too movement. Mm, well, we'll see about that. If Scott Peterson isn't guilty. That's right. Sorry, if Scott Peterson is guilty. Yes. 1977, he moved to Falls Church, Virginia to train as a military police officer. Peterson began his 30-year career with the local police force in Bolingbrook, Illinois, a suburb of Chicago. In 1978, he was assigned to the Metropolitan Area Narcotics Squad, and in 1979, he received a Police Officer of the Year Award from the department. Oh, well done, Isn't Drew. Isn't that nice? Bless. Peterson... And that's the end of the story. Well yeah. done, Thanks, everyone. <laughs> but yeah, that's right, yep. Uh, Peterson retired <laughs> in November only. 2007 at age 53 with the rank of sergeant and was given a tax-free $79,000 a year pension, which is, is roughly... a young age to retire? It feels like it, which works out at almost 6600 a month. So not a bad little income. Stipend, yeah. I don't know about in the US, but I know in the UK, if you've been like a lifer... Yeah. You can, you get an earlier retirement. So one okay. of my mates is was a policeman who's retired and I think yeah. there's a certain age you can go out on a full pension, which is what this one sounds like. Well, yeah. right. I'm hoping, unlike your mate, I'm hoping this didn't happen to your mate, Drew later lost his pension. Oh. And no. here's why. <laughs> my mate doesn't want to actually be, my mate doesn't want to be on this podcast. Maybe that's because he doesn't yeah, want to yeah. lose his pension. <laughs> yes, fair call. doesn't want to lose his pension. That's right. Sorry, tell us why he lost his pension. All right, so I'll, there's a, a little bit of a lead into why, but uh, just. <laughs> a little just, bit. Just, yeah, just bear with me. How I lost my pension. My so, pension. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's right. Yes. <laughs> Found out that I'd been murdering people for years. Yeah. What did you do, Drew? Well, oh. I married my high school girlfriend, Carol Hamilton, yep. um, and we were married for six years. I better stop talking about it in the first person or I'll get arrested. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on a minute. But when? Not when he retired. Much no, no, no. We're, we're back yeah. in time now. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we started with his birth and we skipped very quickly to his early retirement and his pension, and there's a whole lot in between, which I'm now going to tell you. Okay. So Hamilton later told the Chicago Tribune that Drew had never been abusive or controlling toward her, but he had cheated on her while she was pregnant with one of their two sons. Drew and Hamilton divorced in 1980, and Drew quickly rebounded with a 20-year-old Kylie Peary, uh, to whom he was briefly engaged. Peary later told Today that her ex-fiancé was not abusive toward her either but that he could be controlling. He always wanted to know where she was going and who she was seeing, and he sometimes followed her. Mm. I decided there were too many things that just made me feel really uncomfortable, Perry said, of ending their engagement. There were little things that just made you think, hmm, something's wrong here. Next, in 1982, Drew Peterson married Vicky Connolly. Unlike Hamilton and Perry, however, Connolly claims that Peterson was violent toward her during the course of their nine-and-a-half-year marriage. Mm. What Once, Connolly said, he put me up against the wall in the garage and grabbed me by the throat. Another time, he told me he would kill me and make it look like an accident. He was married to her longer than the first wife. Yeah. As their marriage soured, Peterson went on a blind date with an accountant named Kathleen Savio. Six months later, Peterson divorced Connolly and proposed to Savio, who accepted. Jeez. They married in 1992, had two sons, and co-owned a tavern. But their marriage had its problems. Savio's sister suspected that Peterson physically abused her, and in 2001, Savio found a note in their mailbox alleging that her husband had started an affair with a 17-year-old. They subsequently separated, and two years later, Peterson married the woman he'd been cheating with. Stacy Peterson. I feel like her name wasn't Peterson when they um, <laughs> when they met. <laughs> when they met, Stace. but yeah, yeah. All was she nineteen so, by this point? So yeah, but but so he was born in fifty four. So what's he forty seven, and he's with a seventeen year old. Mm. You know, 
All the while, as their divorce proceedings turned ugly, Kathleen Savio began to fear for her life. As their marriage had ended, Drew Peterson and Kathleen Savio's divorce turned bitter. Savio reportedly wanted to fight for what she believed she was owed for 11 years of marriage. But as Peterson and Savio clashed over custody agreements and splitting the revenue from their bar, Savio began to worry that her ex would hurt her. He's going to kill me and it's going to look like an accident, Savio allegedly told her sister Sue Doman. On the 11th of March 2002, Savio filed for an emergency order of protection against her husband. Peterson had threatened her on the phone and run after her. Drew wants me dead, she wrote in the report, which was later dropped. And if he has to, he will burn the house down just to shut me up. It was later dropped by yeah, her? Yeah. yeah. About four months later, on July 5th, Savio alleged that Peterson had come to her home and threatened her. He asked if she was afraid and she told him she was. The police, the police report about the incident stated. She finally told him to go or do what he came for, kill her. He said, okay, where do you want it? She told Jeez. him in the head. He took out his knife, but then he said he couldn't hurt her. So it's pretty um, That's threatening. High emotion. I was emotion. surprised she didn't go, oh, when she pulled out the knife, she went, oh, hang on, I thought you were thinking gun. I wasn't suggesting no, I don't that you would be stabbed in the head. I'm not yeah, comfortable yeah. with you stabbing me in the head. That's got to no. be a bad no. way to go, doesn't it? No, I mean, it's just, just going to deflect off my scalp. Off my I hope it's a sharp skull. knife. <laughs> Scarring. I think Schmitty's keys. I tried to stab her in the hip, but all I got was key. (laughs) (laughs) That's my defense mechanism. That's my multi tool you're talking about. Multi tool. What's that? Bird tweeting quite a lot. That's the boys. The boys have got these little birds. Oh, it's so sweet. We do. We've got a big lightning um, bottle brush (laughs) tree outside. And they all oh, live in lovely. there. Yeah, they're really cute. Oh, we're going to have a sunset. <laughs> laughing at your joke. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> at least somebody does. Oh, the birds love it. Oh, Swanny's on. Let's go. It's the little mice from Babe <laughs> laughing at me. Yeah. <laughs> la, la, la. Uh, <sighs> the report also noted, however, that Peterson claimed that they'd merely talked and that Savio had tried to seduce him. In the Ooh. end, nothing came out of it. No pun intended. (laughs) That November, Savio also wrote to the assistant state's attorney. She described a number of altercations with Peterson and wrote, he knows how to manipulate the system and his next step is to take my children away Mm. or or kill me instead. I haven't received help from the police here in Bolingbrook and I'm asking for your help now before it's too late. Please return my call or write with answers to my questions. Then, on March the 1st, 2004, Kathleen Savio was found dead in her bathtub with a one-inch cut on the back of her head. Though the tub was dry, her hair was wet. A subsequent coroner's duty determined that Savio had died from accidental drowning. No. In any case, the ex-husband that she had so feared had an alibi. His new wife, Stacy, claimed that he had been with her. Drew collected life insurance policies totaling one million dollars. No, for the ex-wife. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Wouldn't, what happens when you divorce? I would have thought that stuff was not null and void, but then you would terminate something like that. I think if you don't change it, the yeah, beneficiary is the same. Yeah. Mm. It's like yeah. a superannuation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, Swanee's face was funny then. She's like, superannuation? What's that? <laughs> what is this thing you talk of? What is this thing? You have a job to get that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> speak to my employer. So let's talk about Stacey. Let's talk about Stacey. Stacey's baby. Let's talk about you and me. Stacey's mom has got it going on. Let's talk about all the good things and also a whole lot of all the bad, bad things. things that may be. Oh. <laughs> Peterson married Stacy when he was 49 and she was 19. On October he, the 18th. Is he hot or something? Like, what is it about this man that he's just pulling birds? It's weird, isn't it? Well, these people who just jump from person to person to person hmm. and there's no connection until soon. Oh, I know until what you're sort of asking. Well, maybe you're not asking, but I'm intrigued. Are they good looking people? Or, you know, how sometimes you go, oh my God, how'd they do that? And you look at them and you go, oh, that's how you did it. Oh, I don't, <laughs> I don't think like, so. Is he really hot? Two no, mothers. I don't think so. Okay. I didn't get too hung up Drew on Drew Peterson. <laughs> Drew and Stacey Peterson. 
Oh, yuck. Oh, <laughs> share your screen, girl. Share your screen. No. no. Oh, I, I just funny. put images and there's a whole like raft of them. And there's a photo of him and I assume it's Stacey. And he just looks like a florid middle-aged man. He doesn't look like anything amazing. It, it's... I'm going to say it must have been chemical. You know, uh, the attraction the chemistry. must have been chemical. Oh, I, right. have, I have been attracted As in to Viagra. very unattractive. No, I have oh. had crushes or been attracted to very unattractive men in the past and at least, I'm, <laughs> at least I'm conscious of the fact that it's chemical because there's no other way of describing or explaining right. to people why I have a crush on X because they're like, what? And I'm like, yeah, it's chemical. It's just, I don't know, pheromones or something. Together they had two children, Anthony and Lacey. If your name was Stacey, why would you have people called Lacey? Because I like it like that. So confusing. Stacey and Sorry, Lacey. did you say Stacey or Lacey? I could just imagine it's yelling Stacey at Stacey or Lacey. Yeah. <laughs> Stacey legally adopted Savio's children and treated them like they were her own. Did she? Why did she have to do that? She didn't, she have, didn't to. have to. She didn't have to, but she, did, she was she in is. love. Because no, so but the mother was what, dead, remember? That's what I want to know. Yeah. Oh, right. Point. Sorry. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. So the mother was dead. Oh, did you did you miss that bit? Kathleen was dead before they got married. You know the bathtub incident? Married. Oh, I didn't realise Kathleen was dead before they got married. Sorry. I think so. I thought that he'd broken up with, was it her name? Kath? Kathleen. Kath. Yeah, but um, she, didn't, she didn't do it the day they got married. She no, just I know, did but it. Then I, that's what no, I'm but, saying. So I thought that. He broke up with Kath because he'd had an affair with Stacey. He left Kath and then a little bit later he and Stacey got married. Then I thought he had, or then I thought she died. You know, that I thought thought Kathleen died like four months after. Kathleen died on the 1st of March 2004 and they married on the 18th of October 2003. So so the kids were not adopted at that point? No. No, no. I bet you the other bird who died couldn't. Yes, not being old. I'm yeah. going to adopt your children. Um, I don't think no, so. No, I'm their mother. <laughs> okay. Right, we've got it clear. We've got the timeline. Okay. Right. Okay. Great. Now, I, I know that this is exciting and I know there's a lot to talk about. I just need you to listen for a <laughs> to moment. shut up. Okay, yep. <laughs> Stacey was close to completing her nursing degree at the time of her disappearance on Sunday, October the 28th, 2007. But you've jumped ahead four years. Is that a problem? No, but is that where we're going? Well, she's disappeared, which is, which is bad. So Kath's been Kath's found dead. dead in the tub. Yeah. Stacy has adopted the two children that they had from. Uh-huh. And, doing a nursing and they've degree. got two of their own. So is that four kids altogether? Yeah. Then it's happy happy families for a number of years and now Stacy's been reported missing. I think all of that is true. Oh. I'm not 100% about the happy families. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But other than that. all intents and purposes. Yeah, yeah. When she goes missing, is Drew the one who reports her missing or? Let me tell you. I'm all ears. (laughs) Stacey was officially reported missing in the early hours of Monday, October the 29th, after her sister, Cassandra Kales, failed to hear from her when expected. Drew Peterson claimed that he'd woken up at 11am that day and she was simply gone. He later said that he'd spoken to her at 9pm that night and that she told him she was leaving him. I believe she's with someone else, Peterson told the Chicago Tribune, but I believe she's safe. (laughs) No alarm bells yet. Mm. Drew Drew initially cooperated with the police investigating Stacey's disappearance. In media interviews, he said he believed she had left him for another man, was safe and simply did not want to be found. Not normal. Um, no, because normally he leaves for another woman, but yeah. Also, normally if people separate, they're not too worried about it unless there's death they're threats good. kicking around. Mm. Yeah, she's cla- good. don't worry. Yeah, correct. He claimed he had received an anonymous letter from someone who had seen Stacy alive and well in Peoria, Illinois. That's random, isn't it? Mm. It's also bullshit, clearly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also... He um, claimed, claimed. Yeah, yeah, I know. Word. Yeah, yeah. A lot of claiming. Drew said Stacy had been under the care of a psychiatrist and was taking medication for anxiety and depression at the time of her disappearance and that she had been irritable and short-tempered. He said she took some cash, her passport, and her bikini when she left. <laughs> That's important. Okay, yeah. all right, okay. However, 
Stacey's loved ones did not believe she would have voluntarily abandoned her two children. Shit. Would you realise how hard it would be to pinpoint if a bikini had been taken out of all the things it could take? Yeah. I mean, it's, you know. Yeah. Although he was a policeman, so, you know, he's good at investigation. I'd like to say he wasn't just a policeman. He was policeman of the year. (laughs) True. Yeah. So, you know, his powers of deduction are huge. Her sister stated Stacey had described Drew as controlling and abusive and that she wanted a divorce. Police executed several search warrants on the Peterson home in the days and weeks following Stacey's disappearance and removed bedding, 11 guns, electronic equipment, Drew's 2005 GMC SUV and Stacey's car. Some items, including a nightstand, scuba diving weights and a blue barrel large enough to hold a human body, were said to be missing from the home. Uh, with the bikini. Yeah, that's right. Mm. Wearing the, the body, uh, the, sorry, the <laughs> barrel had gone running down the street in a bikini. <laughs> a neighbour reported seeing Drew and another man hauling away the blue barrel around the time Stacy vanished. Wow. Drew's stepbrother, Thomas Morphy, says he helped him dispose of the barrel and was paid for his assistance. Afterwards, he believed he had unknowingly helped Drew dispose of Stacy's body and became so distraught he tried to commit suicide. Drew denied having removed any container from his home and said Morphe has a a history of mental illness and alcohol abuse problems. But I just will put it out there for our listeners. If someone asks you to help them to dispose of anything that looks like a 44-gallon drum or a large suitcase and will not allow you to open it and say don't ask any questions, you might want to think about what could be in it. Or if you're going to get someone to help you do that, you know those things that pop up on Facebook and say your second at is the one to help you hide the body? Yes, yes. Go to that person. Don't just pick someone random. Air tasker. You know, yeah, that's Facebook fact. Surely that's (laughs) true. Okay. On November the 9th, a week and a half after Stacey disappeared, investigators announced they believed she was a victim of foul play. Previously, they had classified her as a simple missing person. I'm not sure if that means simply as a missing person or a missing person who is simple. Drew was named as a suspect in Stacey's disappearance and presumed homicide. That Mm. same month, Kathleen Savio's body was exhumed from her grave and autopsy. The results indicated she had been murdered. Da, da, da. And what a surprise to no one. Correct. But no one listened to before. That's not nice. But was he working? I wanted to ask this before because she was saying that no one at Bolingbrook Police Station or anyone's taking it seriously. He was working there, yeah? Good question. I'm not 100% sure on that. Well, he would have had mates there. Yeah, yeah. For he sure. Was, he was in yeah. the club. Yep, yep, yep. Anyway. Oh, okay. yeah. No, Peterson began his 30-year career with the local police force in Bolingbrook, Illinois. That's what I thought you said. Yeah. So Glad you were listening. Corrupt. Yeah. All right. So she's been proved murdered. By the autopsy now. What, how, what? Do we know how? Let me tell you. Postmortem photos showed extensive bruising and scraping to her back, torso and face, Ooh. as well as a large unexplained gash in her scalp. That wouldn't normally happen in a drowning, would it? No, not if you drown in the bath, yeah. How, did, oh, how was that, that missed the first time around? Well, mm. the gash on the Correct. scalp, though, I will say, there was that one time in Sydney where oh I was a bit drunk and I slipped in the <laughs> bath. And you know when you've got a shower over bath scenario? Yep. Yeah. Very fortunately, I sort of slipped mm. into a fetal position and I didn't hit my head on the that bath surround. But I could have. Yeah, yeah. And so that kind of thing. But the scraping and the bruises and all the rest are not. You, you, know, you in, also wouldn't in have drowned. Slip in the bath. In well, an, no, because I was showering. Bath. I was showering. No, no, that's yeah. true too. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I didn't buy it when he first said it. Unexplained <laughs> gash in her scalp. It doesn't sound very nice, does it? Uh, the word gash doesn't sound oh. like good ever. Doesn't sound oh. nice, period. No. <laughs> oh, not too a great far. Word. Just not a great word. Yeah. Will County State's Attorney James Glasgow told the press that after examining evidence in the case, he believed that, that the death was a homicide staged to look like an accident. On February 21st, 2008, Glasgow announced that a pathologist had determined that Savio's death was a homicide, adding that the death had been investigated as such since reopening the case following the exhumation. Reverend Neil Scorey? Armstrong? 
Yeah, Neil Armstrong, <laughs> if you believe they put a man on the moon. S C H O R I, Scorry, like school, but with an Ori yeah, instead yeah. of an all. Scorry, yeah. Reverend Neil Scorry, a pastor at Stacy's church, reported that Stacy had told him that Drew had killed Savio and made it look like an accident Ooh. and that she was afraid of her husband. Stacy had provided Drew's alibi for his whereabouts on the evening on which Savio died. That's right, yeah. If you were frightened of your husband and you think and you knew that he'd killed his ex-wife, wouldn't you dob him in? I would. Because then he gets like, arrested and it goes Yeah, away. I feel like around that time you've got a pretty good opportunity to get out. But at the mm. time that she provided the alibi, he wasn't being suspected. So No, but he told her. Oh, did he tell her later? Uh, told the pastor. I'm sure, I'm sure he didn't come home that night and say, look, I need you to be my alibi. I'm Stay sure later when, they were in, when he was threatening her and he's saying to her, Correct. you have the same happen to her and they'll yeah, never yeah, know. Yeah. Anyway, that's me surmising, mm. but you could imagine. I've seen the television <laughs> movie. This is what happened. Correct. I watch Lifetime. <laughs> yeah. So Rick Mims, Peterson's longtime friend, admitted. Rick Mims. Yeah. Rick Mims. He's a new one. Rick Mims. <laughs> Rick Mims. <laughs> Rick Mims. <laughs> Does he? We are spending way too much time taking the piss out of people's names. Poor poor Rick. Yes. So Rick Mims, Peterson's longtime friend, admitted that he and Peterson bought three blue plastic containers from a cable company where they both worked part-time in 2003 and provided photos of these containers to police. Mims also sold his story to the tabloid newspapers for an undisclosed sum of money which never adds credibility, does it? No, no. Peterson's stepbrother, Thomas Morphy, who had a history of drug and alcohol addiction, attempted suicide two days after he allegedly helped Peterson carry a plastic container from Peterson's bowling book home in his SUV, fearing he may have helped dispose of Stacey's body. So he's the one we spoke about earlier. Stacey's sister, Cassandra, said she wanted Peterson to take a lie detector test about his knowledge of a blue container that she saw in his garage two days before Stacey disappeared. Joel Brodsky, Peterson's attorney, denied that any container was missing from Peterson's home. There were also reports of truckers referring to the containers, but their stories were treated as not credible after it was discovered they had not been in Bolingbrook area at the times they claimed. To the chagrin of the victims' families, Drew Peterson seemed to relish the media attention. Haven't we just heard about someone else who liked that? Because he's not a narcissist at all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah correct. Seemingly unconcerned about his wife's whereabouts, he quipped on the Today Show in February 2008, I'm not trying to be funny here, but Stacey Peterson would ask me for a divorce on a regular basis. And it was based on her menstrual cycle. <gasps> oh, right, straight to sentencing. Yeah. <laughs> he said that on a TV pro. <laughs> yeah, good morning. So on January the 23rd, 2008, Peterson and his turn, attorney, Joel Brodsky, called into the show of Chicago radio personality Steve Dahl, who had been lampooning Peterson since the case began. <laughs> Brodsky suggested that Dahl host an on-air dating game with Peterson the following day. What? But the radio station manager and Dahl decided not to go through with it. Oh, thank God. Peterson appeared on CNN's Larry King Live on April 11, 2008, with Brodsky again present to advise which questions Peterson should answer. Who was Brodsky? His attorney. uh, The attorney, yeah. yeah. The interview re-ran on May the 9th, 2009, two days after Peterson's arrest. Peterson subsequently made guest appearances, including one from County Jail on radio station WLSAM, and Man Cow Muller. That's right. weird. Oh, sorry, with Man Cow Muller. Who's also, Man Cow Muller? Also weird. Oh, I'm right, assuming that's right. the radio station host. Oh, right, right, right. After that radio appearance, Will County Judge Stephen White severely limited Peterson's access to the media because he's Thank just basically God for going that. on everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. In December 2008, Peterson's publicist, Glenn Selig, confirmed Peterson was engaged to a 23-year-old, Christina Raines. She would have have been his fifth wife. I'm so sick of this man and his wives, yeah. On January the 30th, 2009, it was made public that Raines had moved out of Peterson's house. Her father, Ernie Raines, had issued an ultimatum to his daughter 
out of concern about the way Peterson tried to control her and what he feared Peterson could do. Rains moved out of Peterson's home when she came to her senses, calling the engagement a publicity stunt designed to keep Peterson in the media spotlight. On the 7th of May 2009, Peterson was indicted by Will County Grand Jury and arrested for the murder of Savio. Bail was set at $20 million. In October 2009, Peterson sued J.P. Morgan Chase for revoking a home equity credit line that he wanted to use to pay legal expenses, claiming his income of nearly $109,000 per year was not sufficient. <laughs> in July 2010, Judge White ruled that Peterson would remain in the Will County Jail for the remainder of his trial and appeals process. Prosecutors argued he could pose a danger if released. On the 21st of July 2010, it was revealed that hearsay statements indicating Peterson killed two of his wives were not reliable enough for a jury to hear at his trial. After presiding over a lengthy hearing, Judge White issued a four-page sealed ruling in May obtained by the Daily Herald. White ruled that prosecutors proved Peterson killed both Savio and Stacey by a preponderance of the evidence but nearly all statements attributed to Stacey do not provide sufficient safeguards of reliability. So the standard of proof in homicide cases is beyond a reasonable doubt. Yeah. Preponderance of the evidence is the standard for fact-finding on questions of admissibility of evidence, even in criminal cases. So the issue was... So there wasn't enough fact around it to be able to say correct. we could yeah, prove... Yeah, yeah, uh, correct. Beyond so whilst doubt. there's all this evidence... So there's all this talk, though. It's it out, may, she's disappeared, there's no body, right? There's no forensics. Well, there's yeah, that, but that also it? all of the stuff that is hearsay, for instance, there's nothing that... You can't say... That's it. Yeah, it's that, hearsay. That hearsay yeah. is... Fact. Fact, correct. No, and therefore, yeah. do you want the jury to hear that? And I, I'm not saying that was the hearsay bits that were ruled out, but it was that kind of thing. Stacey's statements were crucial to the prosecution's case as it lacked significant direct evidence. In April 2012, an Illinois appellate court ruled that prosecutors could use eight statements made by both the victim prior to her death and by Peterson's still-missing fourth wife, Stacey, prior to her disappearance, reversing White's earlier decision. So they allowed then the statements in. Peterson's defence had contended that introduction of these alleged hearsay comments constituted a violation of his Sixth Amendment right to confront any witnesses testifying against him. <sighs> the Illinois State Legislature attempted to help the prosecution with the passage of a new Illinois law, later dubbed Drew's Law. Oh, God. It's like Bruce's, Bruce's yeah. bill. <laughs> Which allows prosecutors to enter hearsay statements into evidence under certain conditions. Okay. Passed while investigators were still looking for Stacey, the legislation permits courts to consider statements from unavailable witnesses, provided that prosecutors are able to prove that the witness was killed to prevent his or her testimony and that the hearsay statements are reliable. I think... What I'm confused with here is that you're saying in order to prosecute him for murder, we should prove that there's those birds. We should <laughs> prove that she's dead, but we'll, I don't know, it's its very I confusing. Mean, the kookaburras think it's fucking hilarious. Don't they? <laughs> well, <laughs> they're it's probably following nonsense. it better than I am. I'm finding the whole thing very hard yeah. to, it, the legalese of it, I'm finding quite hard to follow. Yeah, This would get laughed out of the bush court. Right, okay. Our kangaroo yeah. court. Okay. Yeah, sorry, it is quite legalistic, isn't it? I probably should have uh, revisited that. No, 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 it's fine. That's probably the point is that there's all this manoeuvring yeah, around yeah. it as opposed to trying to find this woman's body or this woman. Yeah. That's that's what I'm I'm waiting for you to tell me when someone actually tries to find her. Well, anyway. I think she I think there were people trying to find her. She was just very well hidden. So, analysis by the trial court under this new law led to eight of 14 hearsay statements being ruled inadmissible because they were insufficiently reliable. On appeal, however, the Court of Appeals reversed the trial court, ruling that the common law doctrine of forfeiture by wrongdoing, which is less restrictive than Drew's law, would allow the statements to be admitted. So you forfeit the right of not having things admitted because, because of wrongdoing. Wrong. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah, so if you're a naughty man then you lose some of your rights. 
You have forfeited the right to good medical care when you decided to put a vacuum cleaner pipe up your bottom. Correct. Well, yes. <laughs> Something yes, along I think those that's lines. Is that your friend who used to say that? No, no, it's from the tall guy. Anyway, oh, it's just okay. a movie quote. <laughs> yeah, yeah. On August the 22nd, 2012, Jeff Pachter, a witness at Peterson's murder trial, said Peterson offered him $25,000 to hire someone to kill Savio and told him it would be a secret he would take to his grave. So uh, on September the 6th, 2012, Peterson was found guilty of the premeditated murder of Kathleen Savio. Jurors admitted that the most compelling evidence was based on the hearsay statements allowed under Drew's law. On February 21, 2013, Peterson was sentenced to 38 years in prison for the murder of his third wife. That's a long time after old mate was sentenced to seven to seven 25, to 25. Yeah, or yeah. whatever. Seven to life. Seven to life. Yeah. yeah. Some, some states seem to be very specific about the number of the years. The seven was throwing just me. Like, I think the seven is the amount of period of time that you, before you can go before a parole hearing. It doesn't mean you get out. But we've had like two to 20 as well. I don't well. understand like, it. Yeah, I, I don't I, either. We talk about this every time. We do not understand it. Can someone system. teach us? Thanks. Someone I tell I don't, us. I don't, know. I don't know if it's teachable. I think it probably is so complicated and different by state. And... It's certainly not Googleable because I haven't <laughs> even tried. I haven't even tried. <laughs> Yes, so he was incarcerated at Menard Correctional Centre in Chester, Illinois, but later moved to the Federal Correctional Institution Terre Horte or something in Indiana. Within a month, he was attacked by another prisoner who hoped to sell his belongings on eBay. <laughs> Ow! Do they even have access to the internet? Well, they they don't have. in Australian. No, they don't in Australian correctional facilities. Really? Yeah. Wow. How do they Google stuff? They don't. <laughs> so there were a number of appeals, but uh, the Illinois Supreme Court upheld the conviction. In December 29, Peterson was released from federal custody and transferred to a state facility outside of Illinois. His location is not being disclosed for security reasons. In October 2021, Peterson filed a handwritten petition for post-conviction relief with the Will County Circuit Clerk. The petition alleges, amongst other claims, that State's Attorney James Glasgow had intimidated witnesses during Peterson's 2012 murder trial. So in 2015, he goes to trial for attempting to put a hit on James Glasgow, who was his attorney. Oh, God. After a fellow inmate tipped off prosecutors to the plan and wore a wire to capture evidence against Peterson. So this how is long... turning into one of your telly movies, isn't it, Carl? Oh, yep. like it should be. So how long before you think your uncle can take care of business, Peterson <laughs> asked the inmate. When the informant replied that the hit would be done by Christmas, Peterson responded, it would be a nice Christmas present. <laughs> in, <right>. in May 2016, <laughs> he was found guilty of solicitation of murder and solicitation of murder for hire. He was subsequently sentenced to an additional 40 years in prison. Peterson has continued to maintain his innocence in the death of Kathleen Savio and the disappearance of Stacey Peterson. In November 2021, he sat down for an interview with Dateline and insisted that he hadn't hurt either woman. The prosecution is making up facts, he told Natalie Morales. The prosecution staged a prosecution with Kathy. They took an accident and staged prosecution. He said prosecution a lot already. <laughs> Everybody's twisting it to make me look bad, okay? They're twisting it to make their prosecution. They don't or, have to try very hard. Or what they're trying to say against me work. When Morales asked Drew what kind of husband he'd been, he responded, I was a loving husband, okay? I was, what can I say? I was a good husband, a good provider. That doesn't change the fact that one of Drew Peterson's wives is dead and another is missing. Although Stacey Peterson hadn't been seen since 2008, her family maintains hope that her remains will be found. Couldn't they find where the barrel went? No, they could not. I find that hard to believe. Why? Yeah. Like if you drop it in the ocean with currents well, that, But whatever. I don't know. Did they drop it in the ocean? That's what I'm saying. Where did they do it? Well, they couldn't find it, so they don't know. But did, did they look? <laughs> the guy who thinks he dropped it off, where did he drop it? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Where did they go looking? No, no, that was loading it into the car. Oh, right. oh, okay. okay. Yeah, Sorry, yeah. I didn't realise. I didn't realise he was there. I okay. thought he yeah. like chucked it somewhere. Okay. Yeah. Right, right, right. No. 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 So as of this year, Stacey Peterson remains missing. 
And Drew Peterson, if he knows anything about her disappearance, isn't talking. He's keeping still. But he may yet get his cometh uppance. Oh. In May 2022, it was revealed that Drew Peterson's former defence attorney, Joel Brodsky, is considering the release of confidential information protected by attorney-client privilege. Stacey Peterson's sister, Cassandra, was annoyed by the possibility that Brodsky could face legal penalties for revealing such information, as she felt that it may be the needed information to solve Stacey's cold case. Cassandra argued that she would stand by Brodsky and support his actions if he came forward. Brodsky had temporarily lost his legal licence in 2019 for unrelated reasons, (laughs) and he's under the continued gag order not to disclose anything that Drew Peterson shared with him in confidentiality. It is unclear if Brodsky actually knows any information about the whereabouts of Stacey Peterson, although he has claimed that he does, stating, I know everything about both of his wives. Everything. I feel bad about Drew still not taking responsibility and Stacey still being missing. I'm thinking about maybe revealing what happened to Stacey and where she is. I'm thinking about maybe doing it, but what's in it for me? Well, it's a big thing for a lawyer to breach attorney-client privilege. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. We, can get, we can get Reggie on to talk about yeah, that. Yeah, and it would be an interesting to topic say. actually about the, the moral dilemma I'm sure that you face at times. Yeah. It's, it's, it's le- so I think it's less about the moral dilemma and more about the – client needing to be able to be open yeah. about Everything. what's happened. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, otherwise you get this otherwise thing where the client doesn't truth. say anything yeah. and then, yep. correct, yep. yeah, yeah. Anyway, there you go. So that's the story of Drew Peterson. Um, ironically, both cases still have some currency to them. Mm. 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 I'm just disappointed that there's no sign of Stacey. Well, imagine how her sister feels. Exactly. No, no, no. I mean, it's it's mm. terrible. There's no closure for the family. There you were know, children they, too, remember? I know. It's And, and she'd adopted and was raising oh, the other yes. children as her own. I mean, what a nightmare family situation awful. he's created, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, mm. what is his motivation? Like just I'm just going to work my way through all these women and, yeah. oh, just it's, money. it's awful. It's not just money, though. Like, no, you know, sorry. Right, yeah. Like, to marry them money, in the money. first instance, there's no money in it, right? Correct. To, yeah. Yeah. All right. He got the the insurance from Kathleen, but I don't think he killed her for insurance. I think he killed her because she was shitting him. Yeah. And he thought he could get away with it. Anyway, sorry, Clarky. What are your thoughts? I I think I think he lost the the insurance money as well. Yeah, he would. Yeah, I'm not, not sure how that works years anyway. later. Yeah, yeah, correct. Yeah. I feel like he thought he would never yeah. get done because he was too in with the other police. Absolutely untouchable. Corrupt. Mm. I find it weird that because he's, he's not like um, Ed, who we were just talking about, who is <laughs> a a, also for our listeners, last week's episode, who is absolutely a serial killer. But why wouldn't you just go, fuck me and women are not great together? You know, I've had eight thousand. Because he doesn't think yeah, that. I don't know that any they, man has ever had that. It's not him. It's not him. It's them. Yeah. They, She's on her own. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's her problem. Yeah. But not that's me. my point. That I've had so many of them. They all cause me grief. Why don't I just go? You know what? We're I'm going to try men. <laughs> no, I'm not even not, saying not that. Just, I'm just going to be a loner. Yeah, we don't want him. God. No, because he likes women and um, he likes he enjoys having a woman look after him. He likes all that sort of stuff. It's just when that gets a bit difficult. If she gets a bit lippy, yeah. then that's when it's know. not so great. Yeah. PMS he then really trouble. Yeah, God. Don't, the PMS Stop trying to divorce really me every me. month. Oh, oh God. God. Yeah. He doesn't sound like a very nice chap. So yeah, look, I don't know. I, I think I have issues with the drowning. I just think people mean, need to be a little bit more thorough in their work. Oh, the to complete go. lack of any forensic work, yeah? yeah. Correct. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, if she's got, if you can exhume a body years later and find evidence of murder but you can't find it the first time around. Did the first we time around. establish whether or not that was somehow involving him in the sense that it was like corrupt police who knew him? Would we have any, there's no suggestion of that? Yeah, well, no, there's, there's not. No, 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 it's an oversight, yeah, okay. Carla. Okay. 
<laughs> you know how it works. It's never deliberate. No. So I think I'm going to put him in a barrel. Oh. Oh. You know how you said she was in a container? I'm, a, I'm yeah. kind of picturing a large plastic drum. Yeah, is that? That's yeah, what it yeah, was. Correct. Yeah, correct. Blue barrel, yeah, barrel. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to put him in one of those and I'm going to take him to Niagara Falls and throw him off. Brilliant. Oh, my God. And yeah, nice. um, see how he I was fares. thinking that too. And then yeah, if he's yeah. all right at the bottom, I'm going to pick him up and take him back up and throw him off again. Again, again, again. Again, again. <laughs> that's pretty much my sentence for him. I think that's fitting. That'll pick him. That'll get him a good one. <laughs> yeah, that'll get him a good one. I would think that someone of his nature, and I, we don't know an awful lot about him, but I think perhaps given he is a bit of a corrupt cop, I think maybe being on the inside and having no protection and having people come after him must be pretty terrifying. Mm. So I mm. think, you know, the fact that he has to, you know, he's not being publicised where he is, etc., means he must be having a pretty rough trot. Which I think he deserves, but I'd like him to really feel that sense of having no one listen because I think with Kathleen, when she was trying to reach out for help, she was trying to go to, I don't quite understand who it was, but I guess it's somewhere that sat outside the local area, something above it, saying, please, you know, my husband is a policeman, he's, you know, being honoured here or whatever else, he's threatening me, I need someone who will listen to me, he's going to kill me, you know, please, 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 but obviously no one heeded that. Um, nor did they after she had died, it would appear. So I just want him to have that idea of being utterly helpless where he's always had, you know, the police department behind him and, you know, when you're that character who's got your buddies. Feel protected. Correct. And we all know what that feels like in certain situations where you feel like, you know, you are alongside someone or someone's going to help you out versus being in situations where you know that you're either outnumbered or you're on your own or, and not in a terrifying way to say, but we all know what that feels like, the difference. So imagine that amplified and him in prison. People are aware that he's a, you know, a bad cop um, and that he has no no protection. So I dare say in the real world it probably doesn't work like that. They probably love crooked cops because they probably think they can get more out of them. But for my um, sentencing, just a situation whereby he's totally on his own in there and without any Anybody by his side, he's just left to his own devices. Mm-hmm. Weak? No, yes. no, it's no, fine no, because, you know, it's... there's an awful lot of stuff that's going to happen to him Yes, because he's unprotected in that environment. Yeah. 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 It's, it's pretty nasty really, not weak at all. Yeah, well played. <laughs> I think I'd like him to have um, branded on his forehead oh. something like I kill women or I kill my wives or something like that that means that every other woman he ever meets is going to know straight away to stay away from him because i'm just shocked at how you know for well that wouldn't work i guarantee you there'll be women contacting him in prison going oh you know i I think that's okay like (laughs) no no but but they're 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 fully aware of what they're getting into i'm just being so Critical. Yeah, no, I, I, no, that. but I agree with you. People Crazy, totally right? would still do that, but that's on them. Yes, of course. And then if they do end up in a barrel later, oh, well, God. we tried to warn <laughs> you. We, we gave him um, a sign. The the problem is these girls didn't have that. No. Yeah, true. Knowledge, and you know he's a serial offender as far as I can see, and I don't like that. I also wonder what the need is for him to keep finding new partners when he's getting to the point of having to kill them you know he's he's escalating he's getting threatening and all this sort of stuff what's he looking for and how do you make sure he never gets that either yeah so i don't want him ever to be able to have another partner but i also want whatever it is that he's looking for from that i don't know whether it's because he wants someone to cook his meals and wash his dishes or his clothes or I I don't know what kind of weird gender roles he likes to have other people fulfill for him but there's something just it just kind of stinks and so I think you're absolutely right though um, that he likes to have the little woman at home looking after him it's something like that yeah and yeah I want to feel powerful and you know if, if that means I've got to pick on a woman who's more than likely smaller than me then that makes me feel good about my life yeah 
I also I feel really sorry for his attorney who is now in this horrible situation where he probably knows exactly what's gone on and he's in I imagine the sleepless nights. My God. Mm. Just how horrendous would that be? Um and again, that's Drew by not saying anything, putting that pressure on his attorney because He doesn't give a shit. He doesn't give a shit exactly mm. right. You know, they, these women are expendable and it's all okay, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. There's that whole thing of how do you make him suffer, Schmidt? And I think, you know, maybe um, a slow leak in that barrel <laughs> going over Niagara Falls that leads to a, a long, prolonged drowning might be nice too. Mm. All right. Well, all right. That was a good one. Thanks, Clarkie. Well done. As we say every week, miss you already. Miss you already. Miss you already. Bye. Thanks for listening to Trial by Wine. You can contact us at trialbywine at gmail.com. Please rate, review and subscribe to Trial by Wine on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. If you'd like to support us, you can become a patron at www.patreon.com, Trial by Wine. Or visit our website, www.trialbywine.com, to donate to us. Your support will help us cover many more cases and apply wacky sentences. We really appreciate you listening and hope you tell everyone about us. Our cover art is by John Christo and music is by Beauchamp from pixabay.com.